Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Teaching Tales. Once again, this is a podcast totally devoted to stories. I am Brent Coley, your host. Joining me today is a good friend and colleague, Michelle McCarthy. Hey, Michelle. Hey, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And for those who don't know you like I do, tell tell our listeners, my mom and dad, So, because if nobody else and no mom and dad are listening, who is Michelle McCarthy? What does Michelle McCarthy do? I um, have been teaching for over 20 years now, most of it in early childhood education. I started in kindergarten, and uh, for the last 10 years, I've been a literacy coach for the district. So I go around the whole district and help uh, teachers to um, with their reading and writing instruction with their students. So. And you are amazing. <laughs> I mean, you were here today working with, with a couple of our grade levels. I mean, yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you. And t- today, when when I reached out to you and about possibly coming on the podcast, the terms grit and perseverance and resilience came up. You have some, some stories to share in that area. And as we were talking before we started recording, we hear that word. I mean, perseverance, that's like, I don't want to say a buzzword because that diminishes its value, but that is... A buzzword yeah. now yeah. <laughs> in ed- in education, but it's it's an important one. All of our kids, all the way down to our kindergarten students, know what that word means. Never giving up. But typically, when we when we hear that word in education, we were talking about that intervention pyramid, the tier one, tier two, tier three. Exactly. That there's but there's two sides of that pyramid. There's the academic side, and then there's the socio emotional side. And I think when we hear grit perseverance, resilience, I think typically educators, teachers, administrators, they're thinking of the academic side of that. So, oh, I'm learning to do problem solving in third grade math. I come to a hard problem, don't give up, show that grit, build that stamina. But today we wanted to talk about kind of the other the other side of perseverance, and that would be the emotional side, the relational side and you have you wanted to share and have some stories that that are powerful and I think people will really get a lot of I mean that I'm excited about hearing what you have to say because I think that it's really going to have a big impact it's an underrepresented I think story that needs to be shared so yeah I think sometimes that um, you know we're so focused on the academics and the students excelling in that area but what we fail to understand is if the social emotional side is not built and and um, built upon that the academic side actually is um is not enhanced as much Mm -hmm. and for some students you spend so much time building up the academic side you forget that they also need to have grit and perseverance um when other things come up that are not school related um, Mm -hmm. per se and um it's, uh, you know, I, I hope that my story is not too sad. It's, um, it's actually something that um, I believe so passionately about that the entire summer was spent creating a nonprofit to help us to reach out to kids to help them to see that they can persevere through their emotional mm. and non-academic um, struggles and um, the obstacles that, co- that will inevitably come uh, up in those areas. Oh, we absolutely... We, we live in an imperfect world so it we're gonna have we're gonna come across those things it's how how can we try to overcome those so go ahead and share if if you wanted 
Yes, if, and and um, what was interesting is it wasn't till today that I knew that you have a connection to this story mm -hmm. in, in, in a way. Um, I have had the great pleasure of teaching um, a student. He I tutored him from the time he was in kindergarten until the Thursday before his junior year when he died by suicide. Mm. And the, the connection that we have is that both of our children had his mom as a preschool teacher. Mm -hmm. And I did not even know that until today. But this child, him, you know, mini man, he was sure. you know, 16 years old, um, he, um, uh, he persevered through the academic part of his life and it never occurred to me that that he wasn't gritty and that he wouldn't persevere through other things in his life. Um, he was uh, he had several learning disabilities, and so learning to read was very very difficult difficult for him, and, and mathematics as well. So he struggled in mm. in all areas. Um, and so with him, he came to tutoring twice a week, every week, from kindergarten wow. till the end of uh, 10th grade mm -hmm. and um, and to see his progress he actually the the very last um, reading inventory he took in our district he he actually got grade level um, uh. reading level which was just absolutely amazing and um, that summer he read his very first novel he read a novel from beginning to end he read the boy in the striped pajamas mm. and he had never read a book from beginning to end um, and so I was able to entice him to read because he did he had a love for history and um, he particularly liked to learn about the wars and so I was able to get him a book that would still be historical, but that would be very interesting in sure. a level that, that he could interest. read. Exactly, and I promised him we'd watch the movie together, which unfortunately we never, mm. I never got to do. But, um, but anyway, so he persevered through all that, and um, he was also a kid that never wanted to bother anybody, and he was very, very quiet and very shy and unassuming. So oftentimes in classrooms, I don't think that people understood, you know, maybe they thought he was aloof or that he didn't care, but he was just extremely shy and not wanting to bother anybody because he needed extra help. And I would often say to him, why don't you ask the teacher for help? And he'd say, I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to bother. You know, and it's not that the teachers ever said, I'm not going to help you, but he just, he didn't want to bother them, which is what came up in the end is that, you know, the day um, I tutored him on Thursday, he died on Sunday. That Thursday, I had asked him, how are you doing? How are things going? Um, he said, I'm fine. On Saturday, they bought his school clothes, and on Sunday, he was gone. Mm. It's so hard because I thought he had that grit. Yeah. And so I came to understand that kids, we, we have to um, develop the social-emotional side as well. And so what we've done over the last few years is... Um, we actually call what we're doing Project 99, which is interesting. People also always ask us why why Project 99. Well, Diego's favorite football player was J.J. Watts, mm -hmm. a fabulous Texas mm -hmm. player mm -hmm. who's doing amazing things, um, raising money for all the flood victims. But anyway, Diego loved J.J. Watts, and he wanted to be just like J.J. Watts. And his uh, football number is 99, and mm -hmm. his very last year, his junior year, Diego was number 99. And... Um, and so Diego's mom, um, being a preschool teacher, she understands that social-emotional side. And she said, 
Um, you know what I want? I want to call this Project 99 because I want people, there's, there's not enough kindness in this world, and I want people to think of 99 things that they can do for other people just to, to spread that kindness out. And so that's where Project 99 came from. And in our grief, we, um, we wanted to do something. We wanted to make a difference. And so Diego's dad, who is about the strongest man I've ever met in my entire life, he, um, the day Diego died Sunday, on Monday, he was down with the football team telling them exactly what happened. He wanted them to hear from him. Mm. He wanted them to know that it wasn't their fault, that Diego didn't tell anybody. He was, you know, in my research, I've read that four out of five uh, people who die by suicide, there's some kind of sign. And with Diego, there just wasn't. There wasn't. There wasn't because, again, he didn't want to bother us. Sure. You know, that's who he was. And so um, Diego's dad, um, we do these things that we call Project 99 panels, and we have a group of four of us that we go out and we go into the schools and we, we talk about that perseverance and that you know social-emotional side, and we let them know that there are going to be times when they're going to be sad. Sometimes life is really rough, yeah. and life puts up obstacles, but you have to persevere through it. There's, there's always something better if you just hold on. And um, we also talk about Play for Diego, and what that is is that Diego took himself out of the game. You need to stay in the game, mm -hmm. and you need to stay in this game because each one of you is important. You matter, and you have something to give to this life. And so it's, it's our goal through Project 99 to not only bring suicide awareness, but to let them know that they can, they can persevere through the, um, the academic side, but they can also persevere and have that resilience on the emotional side as mm -hmm. well. Well, and we were talking earlier today about when you said I didn't want to, I didn't want to bother. I mean, and I have heard that from students in math. I mean, let's just take a math problem or a language arts problem. And how many kids, as a teacher, they won't raise their hand because they don't know the answer and they don't know how to do it. I mean, we had this happen today, talking with Mrs. Caldwell, our assistant principal, and she was in a classroom and we were both in there and. After walking out, she said that one of the kiddos raised his hand. She went over to him and said, what's up, bud? And he said, never mind. And he said, no, no, no. But she, she stuck. She said, mm -hmm. no, no. Now, it would have been very easy to just move on, exactly. but she didn't. She said, no, no, no. What's up? And, and, and I think she even said, never mind again. She said, no, no, no. Do you need some help? And, and, and he finally said, like, I don't know, what to, I don't know how to do this. And she right. was able to, to squat down and, and help him do that. But I, that, is not a, that is not an uncommon, academically, exactly. uh, a common thought, I think, for students. I mean, we're at the elementary level. But I think, I mean, my, my son's in middle school, my daughter's in high school. I mean, and I know that there are times when you hear them, I don't want to bother somebody or, or I don't want to look stupid by raising right. my hand or something like that. But... You had said something else about that being comfortable. Yes, can that you, safe environment. Can you can you share? Yeah. So um, so what you talked about reminded me of safety in a classroom and that feeling 
that it's okay for me not to know and to feel to have that connection to your teacher and to your classmates to know that it it's okay not to know and then and that I'm going to go on but having that too in your emotional as well yeah. so being able to have that connection to say I'm not feeling right right now or I'm really sad and I don't know what to do with it in our society we don't have those kinds of conversations in fact the word suicide when when um, when I say those things, it makes people very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I have learned over time that if we don't talk about these things, the kids see them as taboo. And when they're feeling that way, they don't want to reach out either because they don't. So the big thing is to, to make those connections and to have those people in your life, whether it be an adult or a, another student or a counselor at the site that can do that. Because one of the things that um, that came up that was really interesting is that uh, one of the girls that speaks with us in our Project 99 panel, she is a graduate of Merida Valley High School, and she um, had some issues when she was younger, a lot of stress as a freshman and a sophomore, and she was cutting, and mm. she was self-harming, and it's something that happens more often than we'd like to see. And um, and so we asked her, we said, when when you were feeling that way, when you feel when you felt like you needed support, how many teachers in your high school career do you feel like you could have made, um, could have told about this? And it wasn't nearly enough. I mean, mm-hmm. she said something like maybe one to two each year that I felt enough of a connection to yeah. that I could have shared what was going on. And um, and I know we have fabulous teachers. Sure. And so it got me thinking, am I one of those what, one or two? Out of, out of seven, if there's yeah, a seven yeah. period day and she says, Let's just be generous and say two. Yeah. Am I one? Am I one of the am two? Am I one of the two? Or would I be one of those five? Because I just didn't know yeah. how important that connection with students is, right? And I really have to ask myself that. I yeah. I'd like to think I was the one of the two, but you know you have to reflect on your teaching and ask yourself: Are you doing everything you can to make a student who might be um, having some emotional difficulties? Because it's you talk about how that student can share his academic weakness imagine if it was an emotional sure. weakness right sure. even more so yeah so how can we as teachers make those connections with students so that when they are whether they're having an academic um, issue or um, an emotional one how, how can we make it so that they feel comfortable enough to come to us and know that they can be safe with us and I think gosh the first there's such an emphasis on academics and I'm not saying that's a bad. Th- I mean, there should be a. <laughs> there should be. I mean, yeah. we obviously want kids to succeed that's at high levels. Is, right? That's. But that's not where it should. It can't start there. I mean, in many of our previous episodes, I mean, I think it's episode seven with Rushton Hurley. It's all about making those connections with students because if, if we don't have those, if you if they don't feel safe, I mean, it's it, if a student doesn't feel safe he or she is not going to is not going no. to reach I mean there may be some learning going on but it's not going to be nearly close to the maximum exactly the uh, potential, p- the potential mm-hmm. that, that that could be reached so I mean so every time we have one of these episodes I always try to like ask myself okay if I'm a listener listening to this and I am because I'm listening to you share what am I going to take away from this so anyone listening it's like yes academics are important but but relationships have they have got to trump everything else because are you one of the seven are you are you one of the two, one or two yes. out of I mean are you I mean I think I, that would be my challenge if you're listening to this ask yourself am I one of those am I the teacher 
that every single student in my class would feel comfortable coming and sharing either, I don't know how to do this math problem, or I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feel, I'm feeling da- not, down, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling, I mean, or... I'm feeling bullied, I'm Yes, yeah, so, so-and-so is picking on me, or, or something's going on at home between mom and dad, or, or whatever whatever it is. Are we setting up the environment where where kiddos are going to feel safe? Well, I mean, and, and, you know, in defense of teachers, I will say, so many pressures are put on us uh, on the academic side. Absolutely. You know, not just by our sites or our districts, but by the state and, and by, you know, because we have to, we have, our whole job is to educate. There's, accountabil- there's accountability absolutely. there and absolutely. Absolutely. So you have to ask yourself, what is it that I can do in my day that would, um, that would allow me to make those connections with students? And one simple way I was thinking of is... Um, greet your kids at the door. Yeah. Give them a handshake. I mean, there's that that fancy guy that does the little handshake for every yeah. single student that walks in. We can't be that way. But just reaching in, looking them in the eye, and just saying, "I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. I'm glad you're here today." That well, would be enough. And and one of my goals this year is to call more students by name. I mean, and it's one of the stories I've shared. I don't. It was one of the earlier episodes of the times. I mean. When you call students by name, exactly. it, it, there's power in hearing a name. And I, gosh, I found this one of the favorite stories I've ever told is, is the time when I was at the middle school as an AP and kiddos. One of my jobs was to greet kids at the gate as they're coming in, checking for dress code and mm-hmm. greeting kids. And I remember one morning, kid, group of kids coming in, morning ladies, morning gentlemen, hey, morning Christian, have a great day. And as Christian walks by, he mumbled something. Now when kids, middle school especially, mumble something, you're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what are you talking, what are you saying? And I said, hey, what, what was that? And he turned to me and he said, he said, I'm special. Wow. And I, and I was like thinking, yeah, you are, but, but what prompted you to say that? And he said, because you said, good morning, ladies, good morning, gentlemen, good morning, Christian. Uh-huh. You said my name, I'm special. I mean... Out of the mouth of a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old, he said, you said my name, I'm special. So it's like, yeah, the high five, the handshake, the fist bump, the name. And I hear it as a principal of an elementary school. Kids will walk by and say, hi, Julia. He knows me. He knows Mm. who I am. I mean, that may be an easy way. To make somebody feel special, to make somebody feel safe where they may come up to you. And sometimes you're surprised when kids will come up to you. And sometimes they'll come and give you a little TMI <laughs> where it's like, whoa, what? No, yeah. But 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 that's a compliment yeah. that they feel so that they safe feel they feel safe them. enough to to share to share something about that. Is there is there info? I mean, because this is a huge passion, and again, I'm I appreciate you coming on and sharing this because, yeah, this is a this is a more serious, <laughs> more yes. serious episode. Exactly. Um, not that other ones haven't been serious. It's it's more of a somber, maybe is a better. But boy, this is. Yeah, but there's every, there's lessons to be learned. Everybody, you know? and that's the whole point of this yeah. doing this podcast is, if if somebody can listen and be like, oh wow, I. I need to give someone a hand. I need to give my kids a handshake. I need to give my kids. I need to call them by name. I need to exactly. ask how they're doing. I mean, if that 
if that could literally save it's someone's life. life. Yeah. Literally. And it can. It, that it, it, it doesn't yeah. take, I mean, it, it could simply be how yeah. you doing today. And, and, um, well, and, and honestly, as a teacher, sometimes you are the only kind face yeah. that looks at them in a day. You know, our kids face so many things that none of us know. Here's, here we have a Diego where his family was um, and still is. Sure amazing yeah amazing amazing family so you know suicide doesn't just happen to kids who who have a um you know rough life sure but but imagine if you are that kid who who you know never gets those kudos at home and things are always rough for them how your one word could be the only nice thing they hear all day long and mm-hmm. how much of an impact that can make on kids i know we just started the school year we're a couple weeks into the school year one of the best quotes that i see every at the end of every summer, and I put it on our little whiteboard as encouragement in our staff lounge, is remember that some kids waited all summer to come back to school or something to yeah. that effect. It's like, oh, some people, oh, I can't wait for summer. to. Some kids don't want summer to come. Yeah. Because, or winter break or spring break or what. Or that three-day weekend that we just had for late. But they don't want that because that means it's they're three days away from you as the teacher, mm-hmm. the safety of your classroom. Um, gosh, I'm just thinking back to, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, we were talking about what I remember from my elementary school days. When I think of all the way back to my kindergarten and first grade classrooms, I remember every teacher. I remember virtually nothing of the lessons that we learned. Nothing. I don't either. I, I, I mean, and I think most people would probably say, oh, oh, she was great about teaching us fractions. Nobody Never. remembers. No. Never. They remember how you made them feel. I remember the makeup of the classrooms in terms of how her reading corner was over here and she had this library over here and our desks were arranged in this way. That's what you remember. Mm-hmm. It's and, and it's like, and that's not in the frameworks. That's mm-hmm. not in the... I mean... But that's where it starts. That's the foundation. I mean, speaking of framework, that's the foundation of of learning. Of, lear- of learning. Yeah. It it all starts with that love, that care, that um, safe safe environment. Because if kids are sa- if kids feel safe, they're going to learn. I mean, great they, things happen. Great yeah. things happen. They may need they may need support academically yeah. and stuff like that, but all the support in the world academically is going to mean yeah it's it's you know it's funny because um you know i i said at the beginning of 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 our talk that um i started in early childhood with social emotional um we do a lot of social emotional work and we figure once they get past kindergarten or first grade that they they don't need those kinds of things And I, I honestly think that the older they get, the more they need that. They need to know you care. They need to know that they're special and that they matter. That You know, that was one of the things that Diego used to tell people because, you know, you find out all these stories afterwards about things that happen, and, and they break your heart, honestly, because mm-hmm. um, Diego was one of the kids that stood up for other kids. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, there are several people that have come back to Diego's family and said, do you know when I was a freshman and kids were picking on me, he would tell me not to listen to them because I matter. 
he, he would say, you matter. And yet they'd come back and they'd say to Diego's family, why didn't he tell us so that we could do the same for mm. him that he did for us? Yeah. And so, you know, part of this is going out and, you know, starting from these little babies to let them know that they have to talk and they have to, you know, that, that you know, they, they can, things, things do get better, you know, all that kind of thing. That's, that's where the Project 99 um, is coming from. We, we want these kids to understand that, um, that there are things that go on that are not so great, but that if they just stick around, great things are yeah. going to happen what you said just really resonated with me a second ago of, of the older they get i yeah that, that's such a a false mindset or that people that many people the think fallacy. That, yeah. yeah that that i mean well you i mean we're we're sitting in an elementary school recording this right now and you walk in the classrooms and the deck just look at the classroom decorated the higher up you go the less warm it looks. The le- yeah. That's a nice way to say it. The less warm it looks, and right. and why don't don't older kids deserve that? And yeah. what you said resonated because I was driving my junior in high school daughter to school this morning, and she said, "Dad, I I saw I saw my my English teacher from last year yesterday," and she, and he said, "Hey, how you doing?" She loved him. She loved him, and he. He gave her a compliment. He says, "Oh, how's it? Oh, I'm taping, taking an AP class, and oh, and and you know, it's kind of hard. I'm getting used to it." And he said something along the lines of, "You're an amazing student, and you're such a strong writer. You're gonna do great." And I just kind of looked out of the corner of my eye, and she's beaming mm-hmm. as she's saying this. This is a girl that's almost 17 years old. Mm-hmm. That the positive words from one of her former teachers buoyed her. And if she's not necessarily getting that from her current teacher, she got it from her old teacher. Right. That that could at least keep her going. And you you never know when a word like that. I mean, I'm a words of affirmation type of guy. A kind word can buoy me for a week. Yeah. I mean, especially me in, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just those things that you never know what kind of impact that could have. So Project Project 99? Yeah, it's um it's called Project 99. The, the official name is Project 99 Play for Life Incorporated. And we we're just starting. Like we just got incorporation at the beginning of August and we're still finishing up some of the paperwork, but our goal is to um to bring education and awareness and and hopefully prevent some of these um, these suicides. It's just it's it's sure. an epidemic right now. And so we actually have a website, project99.org. Nice. And right now it's very basic, but um, as time goes on, we're going to put lots of resources on there for for families, but um, and um, caregivers and students. Mm-hmm. You know, we want it to be a place where you can come if you've suffered a loss. We want it to to be a place where if you know you're feeling in crisis and nobody's around where can you go we want it to also be a place where parents can look to um, how how can i build this resiliency in in my mm-hmm. in my child you know uh, some of the other things we talk about is empathy um, one mm-hmm. of the biggest things is um, you know i'm reading another book called unselfie 
I'm reading all oh, of these books. Is I've, heard, heard of I've heard of that one, yeah. yeah. But but it, it, she talks about how if we can just have empathy, a lot of these things that are, are um, interesting in our world going on, that that, that could be prevented. If, if, if an Israeli could see, you know, a Palestinian and see, wow, they're just like mm-hmm. me, you're, you're less likely to do something Deep. or harm somebody who, who reminds you of you than yeah. somebody who you see as, you know, somebody who is completely yeah. different than you. Deep, deep down, yeah. we're way more alike than exactly than, than we think so and so that's that's our big push is to go into you know right now we're, we're hitting the high schools and, and doing our talks and getting them aware and and to support each other the other thing is having the kids be kind to each other and having that empathy and because you know you want yes you're wearing your be nice be your nice is be nice day orange uh be nice yeah shirt. yeah um but uh, we gotta start you gotta start young you do i mean yes it's yeah, well, our big thing is eventually we would like to see a K-12 mental health kind of thing mm. that starts in the elementary schools, and they're already starting now in the elementary schools. Um, you know, I work at a school where our counselor is also on our board of Project 99. She's Uh-oh. amazing. Um, but um, but we want to see that these kids down here, now we're not going to talk about suicide with kindergarten sure. to fifth It's got to be age appropriate. Yeah. But we're going to talk about, you know, when life throws up an obstacle, guess what? You go around it. You, you know, you don't give up. And, and, you know, we still don't know why um, why Diego did what he mm-hmm. did. But we do know that he wanted to go to USC. And mm-hmm. we do know that when he went to the USC camp, uh, one of the coaches just offhandedly said to him, wow, you, you know, you have great feet and you're agile and you're fast. You're just a little short for your position. And when you, that's where we see that perseverance mm-hmm. where he persevered through school but what he saw was I worked my tail off to, to you know, bulk up and, and to and to and to be a good football player and I'm and too I, short at six I two. I can't and I I can't I can't, I can't that. control that. Exactly. And so we, mm. we wonder if, if that's what made him give up. We we honestly we don't know. And there sure. was nothing you know, it's really easy and one of the other things is to look back and see how you could have fixed things. Yeah. Um, but now I can look forward because I know so much more about what to look for in students and, and how important it is to make them feel special and to make them feel loved and to let them know that, you know what, that obstacle came up, but you know what, you know, maybe, maybe you don't go to USC, maybe you go to Montana, where that town, my daughter went to Montana for mm-hmm. college, they put football players' pictures sure. up in the town in the, the whole school closed down, <laughs> right? The yeah. whole town closes down and they all go to the football game. You know, I wish I told them that. Look, you know, at SC, it's an awesome school. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But you would have been one of so many. You go to Montana, yeah. and you're like a football god. Yeah. Imagine that, right? <laughs> you know? So, you know, you just have to help kids from from young, uh, from the youngest ages just to see that they matter and that they, ha- that, that they have to get through the mm-hmm. academic and the emotional things that, are, that come their it's way. so much more than academics. Love them. Hug them. Give them those high fives. And tell them, just tell them. You matter. Tell them you matter. That's that's it, Michelle. Thank you so much. <laughs> good, good talk, and and I hope people got as much out of it as I did because we talked a little bit, but I didn't. I'm hearing this for the first time too. Uh, a lot of these, the details of the story. So thank you so much, and for everyone. Oh, so project99.org. Yes, and we'll put that in the in the show notes too for anyone for anyone listening and I want to thank everyone for listening um, again totally appreciate you uh, if you like what you're hearing 
be sure to subscribe. You can subscribe in iTunes or Google Play. And if you really like it, you can give us a like in iTunes or a review. That just helps kind of spread the word. It's not about ego or anything like that, but the more I'm told the more likes means the more people see it, or in this case, will listen, listen to, to it, it. And, the, and then we can, we can reach and hopefully encourage as many people as possible. So, Michelle, thank you again. Thank you. Uh, listeners, mom and dad, thank you for listening. And until next time, have a good one.